0: Go, go for it. You know, just to make something of it is if it's if if you're thinking about it and you're on the edge, it's obviously something that you want to do enough that just go for it. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald.
1: Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. For those of you loyal listeners, thank you so much for your support and interest in the show. Welcome to you new listeners. Well, whether you are familiar with the show or not, I hope you enjoy hearing the origin stories of the business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers that I interview. Listening to their stories is absolutely inspiring, and we get to know our business neighbors better in the process, so that's good too. Getting to know today's guest and hearing his origin story will inspire you to get out and see this beautiful country and the nature that we are privileged to experience. So welcome, Adam Brubaker of Tied to Nature to the show.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the invite. The invitation.
1: Um, I didn't tell you how I found you. You didn't. So a friend of mine um, follows you on Facebook, and I'd heard that you had started a podcast. And I'm like, this is an interesting guy. We need to hear his story. So... Um, that's how it's good. You got out there. Yeah,
0: it's it's as for me. It's always interesting to hear those connections where people I don't know or somebody tells somebody. It's it's always neat to have that.
1: Yeah, I um, I have found some amazing guests that way. So thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Tell us a little bit about what Tied to Nature is for anybody who might not know Tied to Nature.
0: Okay, so Tied to Nature for me is it is my business. I'm a Tour guide in Yellowstone National Park. It's also my photography. It's also the podcast I started. Uh, for me, Tied to Nature is more than all of that. It's trying to get people tied to nature, get them tied to the outdoors. Uh, my little catchphrase is for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. And so just bringing nature to people, whether they can get out in it or bring it into the home that way.
1: And you're bringing it into the home through your photography and the podcast. Yes. Yeah. And so that's great.
0: YouTube channel. I do videos. So I record things. So Instagram, multiple ways that they can kind of have that experience.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't imagine, we take for granted that Yellowstone is so close to us and we have all of this opportunity, but there's people that may never ever make it there and want to. So it's a great way for them to experience it.
0: It is. And you know, whether it's somebody, you know, somewhere, remote in the world, they can't get here. But also right here in the backyard, I hear so many stories. You know, I I was Yellowstone, you know, 20 years ago, you know, it's 10 minutes away and they haven't been back. And I think that's the same for where anybody lives. I took a tour one time, a group from New York and I said, oh, how's the Statue of Liberty? Like, oh, we haven't been yet. (laughs) And so it's, it doesn't matter where you're at. I'm trying to provide you with an opportunity.
1: Yeah, I love that you said that because I think um, we are in Island Park all the time. And just last year, no, it was the year before we went to Yellowstone. No, last year, it doesn't matter. (laughs) We went, we've been to Yellowstone recently, and I was thinking, how long has it been since we've been here? So uh, I think part of the reason is we get a little bit scared away by the crowds and all of the people who are so interested in Yellowstone. So talk to me a little bit about being the tour guide um, that is sounds like the most fun job in the entire world Have you always wanted to be a tour guide?
0: I have always wanted to be a tour guide um, and I was thinking of a couple experiences. One was um, well I remember people telling me when I was growing up that you know well, they don't make any money you know you're not going to make any money doing a photography or a guide and I thought well I still want to do it yeah and my mom actually was telling me the other day I didn't realize this and uh, as far as the photography side, she would say, Well, you don't have a camera. You can't be a photographer. Um, I didn't realize that. <laughs> but, you know, was, you, you didn't
1: realize you needed a camera to well, be a photographer?
0: I didn't realize that she said that. I don't, oh, I I don't have that memory. I'm with you. Um, but, you know, I, I did start with a camera at the age of 14 or so, then 16 got my first you know, one of those lenses on it. And so it was always a passion. And for me, it was, I guess, almost four years ago now, I decided, well, eight years ago. I started, decided to follow that passion. Four years ago, I started my own business. I started moving that way. And being a tour guide is awesome um, because people are coming to Yellowstone to have fun. So 99% of the tours, people are out there, have a good time, and they wanna be there. And you, you mentioned the crowds. And for me, I tell people, well, there's crowds in Chicago too. And so there's definitely ways in Yellowstone to be able to avoid or navigate those crowds.
1: Yeah, I think that navigating thing is really a smart thing because it's always gonna be popular. There's just, I mean, that's it. It's a draw, everyone wants to see it. Yeah. So we just have to figure out how to live with other people.
0: Yep, that's, <laughs> or if you don't wanna live with them, go when they don't go there. I, you know, every, you know, the, the tours they or the, the people come in, I say they're on an eight to five or nine to five schedule. So go beforehand. Come in after five, you'll see everybody leaving, parking places, and in the summertime, it's light until nine or 10 o'clock.
1: Okay, that's a good little tidbit. Yeah. Thank you. All right, you talked about eight years ago, you kind of, your mind went, yeah, this is how I wanna go. Did you pursue education around this? Talk to me a little bit about how that happened.
0: Yeah, so my education, I was always back and forth on what I wanted to do, I thought business or communications or biology, but, I'm not a great student. And so I chose recreation management. So I got to play. And that,
1: there is such a thing as recreation management. Yes. I love that.
0: And I told people, so they, they required skill classes. So some of the skill classes that I chose were things like uh, fly fishing, canoeing, uh, cross country skiing, horseback riding. Just um,
1: miserable things. Yeah. I
0: mean, <laughs> and so, and you know, I. I guess my emphasis was outdoor education kind of the way i led and instead of doing a minor i was allowed to do clusters two clusters so natural resources and communications Um, and that was never to lead me towards a guide the young family trying to support myself i never you know seasonal work was not in my mind at that time um but that's the way I went in college.
1: Uh-huh. Well, um, it did kind of probably prep you for this work.
0: It did. Yeah. It did.
1: So I, what I understand, though, is you didn't come straight out of school and start your business. You've actually worked for other guides. Yes. Talk to me about how that came
0: about. So basically, I, I had a good job, but I got tired of doing it. I mean, it was not something I wanted to. It was a the medical field, well, durable medical. Yeah. And so I kind of went back and forth. I kept quitting on them. They kept hiring me back and finally it got to the point. So I needed to do something else. So I saw a position in Jackson, Wyoming, the company hiring. And I thought, I'm just going to apply. My wife didn't know about it, figured nothing would come of about it. And basically within three or four days I was hired. Wow. And so it happened really fast and actually went and moved into a hostel for a month uh, in Jackson until I could move my family over just so I could start learning and Cause guiding. Because they
1: needed you then.
0: They needed like, me right get away. There. Uh-huh. It was like, I kind of felt bad, but it was a two day notice from my employer, oh, no! <laughs> but it was one of those things I kept on coming and going and it was time just to get out.
1: Yeah. They were probably like, Adam, we have seen this coming for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you started in Jackson. So were you doing tours like in Teton and Yellowstone
0: also? Yeah. So I'm, the big thing over there is I was living in Driggs, 45 minutes. You moved commute.
1: out of the hostel.
0: Yes, moved and out got of the into hostel, Driggs. got into Driggs. Okay. And so then I had a 45-minute commute over to Jackson. Over the mountain. Yeah. And I would do some Teton tours, or I would also do a, a Yellowstone tour, which was 11, 12 hours. Wow. So, and I did that for three years, and those were long days. And that was during the summertime. During the winter, it was finding something else, working at a hotel, working behind a desk somewhere. So it wasn't year-round or full-time. It was very seasonal work back and forth.
1: And so what did you learn from working with that particular um, guide agency that you brought forward?
0: You know, that guide agency, I learned multiple things. They had a great training program every year to get the guides out. Um, They have networks. You communicate a lot. And they had a A program that they kind of put you through. You know, you need to know these things before you go out on your own. And so that was a big thing the training, the knowledge, and, you know, the the customer service there. It was good to start in Jackson because they have um, a different mind frame in Jackson and the service they provide. And that's what I tried to bring to West eventually was this Jackson like service.
1: Meaning that the customer service was high. Yes. Yeah, I would imagine. Their clientele is probably. I mean, can range, but, you know, they have some maybe dollars to spend over there. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Um, you're talking about this being seasonal work. So, it, you know, how do you adapt to to that, especially with a family um, and not maybe knowing what you're doing in the winter?
0: Well, and so it's, it's changed since that time. So now moving over to Island Park and working out of West Yellowstone. I do work with, you know, drive snow coaches with a different company in the wintertime and do my own thing in the summer. And, you know, it's is a guide, it's still seasonal, your summer and winter. So you have, you know, a month and a half, two months off in the fall and the springtime.
1: Yeah, like right now, probably. Yep. So right it's now, mud it's, season up it here. It is. Mm-hmm.
0: And so that, well, one that's really nice because it provides me with an opportunity to get out for myself, do photography, do some projects. But it's also, it's one of those things when the work is there, you work it. So. Maybe that's six, seven days a week sometimes, um, but you have the work. That's when you're. That's when you're working.
1: Yeah, yeah. I imagine that that's true. When you when the work is there, you got to take it. Yep. Um, all right. So how did that lead you to start your own guide business? It sounds like this Jackson business was good, but what? How come you started your own?
0: Yeah. So the Jackson was great, but fifteen hour days, almost you know, away from the family. My my focus has always been my family. Whatever I do, my my goal is to be able to have more time with my family so that's when we moved over to west and out of wetwell island park and worked out of west yellowstone and out of west yellowstone it's about an eight hour day and it was definitely different in west um and i wanted to basically what it came down to is i thought i could run tours better and so i thought I that's can do usually this.
1: how we get into business we're <laughs> yes. like eh, i can do that better than they're doing it yeah. yeah so
0: i thought i could do it better and so uh, I talked with actually the um, the manager of the company I was working working with, Yellowstone Alpen Guides, such a great company. And I said, I think I'm going to go out and do my this by myself. I was worried about having a job in the winter still. so it's no problem. We'll hire you in the winter time. Do your own thing in the summertime. And that is so, so
1: great. It
0: was, and so that kind of gave me that boost. Like, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it.
1: So when you entered the guide um, space in West Yellowstone, is it a pretty crowded space or was that something that you were like, no, there's an opportunity there?
0: No, there's, there was definitely an opportunity. I mean, I think there's constant opportunity. And the other thing that I saw is there's no other guides offering anything out of Island Park. And so I'm the only one that picks up and does tours from Island Park into Yellowstone.
1: That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, because we we are sitting in Island Park right now. And there um, there are a lot of people that come to Island Park. Nice. Is. It, it was shocking to me last year, obviously, we had the pandemic. Um, but it was like a city here. I mean, I mean, it is a city, but a busy city, I yes. should say. Yeah. yeah so talk to me a little bit about that how did the pandemic affect your business it grew it did
0: why it did. so with the pandemic uh a lot of it was late you know the park at did, yellowstone didn't open until june 1st but everybody was ready to get out they were ready to and they couldn't travel internationally and i remember somebody telling me yeah we were supposed to be in norway but we can't go there so we're here and so we saw yellowstone's visitation increase and they're expecting a even a, a bigger increase this next year. And so with what I saw and the amount of tours and people coming through yesterday actually gave me the boost this year to decide to hire for the first time.
1: Oh, how fun. This,
0: this summer. So that's another, um, all by itself, a whole different ball game yeah, for me. Something to learn. Yeah, because now it's not just you. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the pandemic, were many of your customers from other countries or has it been a mix of um people that live in the united states or you know over you know here versus people coming from other countries
0: i'd say 90 to 95 percent are people from within the country oh got it yeah so So it didn't
1: really affect you without having tourists come
0: the one thing that it affected is a couple years ago something that kind of got me going on my own as well is i was able to to take up it started out as three three tours a year, Uh, they were two-week tours, starting in Grand Teton and through Yellowstone, I'd be with the same group for two weeks. And that was a group from the UK, um, from a company called Nature Trek, and then through Wildside Nature Tours, and they came over and I was the person that led those in, um, in Yellowstone. So I haven't seen those this last year, but they should start up again this year for me.
1: That's tough though, to take you out of your daily tour thing for two weeks?
0: It is. It can be. It's it's one of those mixed things for me. It's one that you know, kind of takes me away from being able to, if I want to go back in the park by myself or do something else. So it takes me away from that. But the people that I take, they're very knowledgeable, and I've learned a lot from them because these are professionals. And I, I took a geologist out once, and she taught at a university over there, and she pointed at some rocks and said, "You know, that's rhyolite." I said, "No, that's or anyway, whatever rock it was." I said, "No, I think it's this." And she said, no, I can tell. So I went back to my book, and I got it backwards. And so it's a great learning opportunity for me and an opportunity to dive in closer. Uh-huh. Because I, I love the wildflowers. I love the birds, the wildlife, the, the hot springs. And with these groups, you spend the time doing all of that. We're in one-day tour it's harder to dive into some of those smaller things.
1: Right, and those guys probably just want to see everything. So they just do. show me y'all.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, okay, so you're talking about this. Do you feel like you do you say that you specialize in anything like wildlife necessarily or nature? Like what do we get if we go on
0: a tour with you? So I think I specialize in wildlife. That's what I try to specialize in. I have connections throughout the park, all kinds of friends, and we communicate back and forth where the wildlife is, almost on a daily basis through the summertime. So it's I think it's because it's my passion. It's what I like the most. That that's what I tend to specialize in. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you know a lot of people are the bears are you know what a lot of people want to see. Of course. And. People say, well, "There's three ninety nine, yeah, three ninety nine, six ten, <laughs> or raspberry, or sitting, mm-hmm. you know, all these bears, and I can find, you know, for the last three years, um, up until August first, I'm hundred percent on seeing bears on every tour. Wow, whether it's Old Faithful or a wildlife tour." And I, I make that a point to try to find bears because people want to see them. Even if Old Faithful's on the list, they want to see a bear. Yeah. And so that's what I try to do and try to specialize in is the wildlife.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Because I have been in, in Yellowstone enough that, you know, you think like you should see a bear and you don't. You're disappointed, right? Yes. So, um, but, you know, those bison are pretty majestic as they well. They are. I
0: mean, bears are not the only ones out there, wolves are not. And when I was growing up and first coming to the park, I would always pass by. Um, the bison. Be like, you know, we can see that again. We'll see Old Faithful again. And as I grown up and, you know, started guiding, it's like wow, you know, the bison and going back to the busy season, July and August, it's when all the locals want to be outside the park. For the bison and for the hot springs, that is the best time to be in Yellowstone. Really? Because the bison go into the rut. They're the most vocal, the most active. And for the hot springs, that's when it's the hottest. The sun's the highest and it just makes those po- colors pop in the hot springs. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's busy, but it's an awesome time to be in the park too.
1: I understand we had a bison come down here to Island Park last year. Yes. He just wandered out of the park, huh? He
0: did, he wandered down, went back up, came back down, yeah. wandered around.
1: And he was and by himself, yeah. they do that occasionally. Yeah. Huh? The
0: big bull bison, I call them the grumpy old men. They're <laughs> kind of past their prime, they want to be done with the herd, and they come down do and their own thing. wander around, Yeah.
1: yeah. Well it was exciting to have him down here. Yes. So you do photography. I do.
0: Um,
1: when do you find time to do that? I know you talked about the spring and fall but are you able to do any of that while you're out on tours? What I, do you do? I
0: do that on the tours as well and what I tell everybody on the tours is I'm going to take some pictures to the day and those pictures you are welcome to. So at the end of the day if you want any of the pictures I take I'll email them to you. Oh that's great. And so my photography I love it. It's once COVID hit I actually built, you know, had somebody build a website and put things for sale just because it was unknown. Um, but my photography, I don't want to make a business out of something that I love as far as the photography.
1: It's not your central focus. No. But if people want to enjoy nature that way, they can. Yep. Okay, so you have a podcast. I do. What's the name of the podcast?
0: It's called Tied to Nature's Yellowstone.
1: Tied to Nature's Yellowstone. And what's the vision for that podcast?
0: The vision is to be... Kind of the go go-to place as far as a podcast for Yellowstone to learn about Yellowstone. To you know, for for example, I want to do interviews with professionals, and so you know, I'm gonna ha- I'll have an interview with somebody that knows bison, and that way, when you show up to the park, you know, I'll, I'll, in that interview, I want to talk about the behavior, where to see them, how to act around them. So when somebody shows up to Yellowstone and be like, "There's a bison. How come it's rolling in the dust?" Well, on that podcast they said it rolls in the dust because it's um, it's part of the courting, you know. It's, it's it? you can get in the whole story there if you want to know more <laughs> about it. They're actually urinating first, then they're rolling in it. Oh, and that's then so nice. <laughs> providing that's that's a scent, and that scent is information for the animals. Yeah. And so that's we need what to I'm,
1: listen to your show and learn that kind of stuff before we go in.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so I just I finished uh, two episodes this last week going over the lower loop and northern loop to know what you can expect on those. And then, you know, so just information on Yellowstone, the go-to place for that information.
1: How, um, do you see that there would be an end to that once you like have told everything or what do you think how that's gonna play
0: out? So my, my vision is, you know, things change in Yellowstone, you know, new information comes out. But also I, something I wanna do is provide stories, you know, stories from, I guess, stories from the field, things that I've seen. I had a a video that I got lucky and it went viral last year, this last fall. And so it's seen like 7 million views now. And so, you know, people can see that through YouTube, but it's also a story I can share. You know, we watched 15 wolves come up and, you know, see a grizzly bear, chase around the grizzly bear. And they went out. And that's the brief version. But to share experiences like that. Was that
1: the video that went viral? Yeah. I saw that video. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, so that's... Um so, you know cuz I see things like that all the time it's not going to go viral but to be able to give somebody that experience and share that story with them I also use the podcast for that kind of platform.
1: Yeah, how fun that is. You talked a little bit about how Yellowstone is always changing. That's a question I have. Do you do you feel like I mean you you're kind of an expert on Yellowstone? Do you feel like you keep learning new things about Yellowstone? What surprises you about it?
0: You know, I I tell people that I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. And so I have constant things to learn. You know, I'm learning all the time. You know, the, the wildlife and the history come a little easier to me the geology side is definitely harder. You get into thousands and millions of billions of years and that just blows my mind. Right. And so there's constant um, studies and you know Yellowstone's one of the most studied places in the world. So there's always new information and there's always something more to learn.
1: Is it the most studied because it's just fascinating? Like there's nothing like it?
0: Yeah, so it's because of the activity there, the geology that we have, where it's moving with the earthquakes, the more we have, more thermal activity there than anywhere else in the world or a higher concentration of it. We have the most geysers in the world. Uh, We have the second most earthquakes in the world. Yeah. We have the highest density and diversity of wildlife in the lower 48. So multiple reasons why.
1: It's really an amazing place. It is. I'm sure you get questions all the time about the super volcano.
0: Yes. (laughs) And it's not time to go off, but
1: (laughs) you'll let us know if you have any kind of ideas that that's happening. That's right. Okay. Um, I would love to hear, um, you know, maybe just one of your experiences that you've had out there that was surprising to you or just really neat. Talk to me, just give us an idea of what one of those stories would be.
0: Um, so the first one that comes to mind is actually one I shared on my my podcast last week as well, um, is I love to get out and spend the time by myself. If I get that opportunity, I get up in the morning and I'll just go in. And my passion is wolves and I love wolves. And you know, actually that started when I was 15 and we saw a guy out on the hillside in Lamar Valley, walked up to him and he let us look through a spotting scope. And that was the first time. So How cool. that's kind of where my stem of, you know, I want to share because I want people to have that same experience I did. That uh, was two years ago in the fall time. I was I was driving out. I stopped on the side of the road. I got out and listened. And all of a sudden, there's wolves howling. And they eventually, as it got light out, I could see them, and they disappeared in the trees. So I went back and forth for a little bit, hoping to find them, hoping they'd come out. Drove up the road at another trail ahead, and I heard them. So I thought, well, I'm going to go walk and find them. I'm going to go find them. And I did. <laughs> and I, I went about a mile, and I had 16 wolves all to myself for a while. And I just set up my spotting scope and just sat there and watched them. Wow. Um, and so that's... And
1: little puppy wolves?
0: You know, as far as the puppies by that time, you know, they're they eight-month-old puppies, uh-huh. yeah.
1: But they're still probably pretty crazy. Playing they are. They're stuff.
0: playful, they're, they're like a puppy, just like if you have a dog that's eight months old, they're very playful still and, yeah. and learning and things. So having that opportunity, um, and I think opportunities like that with the wolves Are always my favorite Mm -hmm. i mean i've heard 20 wolves howling before all at once at 100 yards which is amazing Hmm. and so it's it's those experiences where you know i love taking people out on tours but on the tour a lot of time people okay we've seen the bear let's move on you know it's a time constraint Mm -hmm. whereas by myself I can just sit there for hours if I want to, Mm -hmm. which is very nice.
1: When you do a tour, do you do those per, like, can individuals hire you or it's like, no, I'm going on a tour and it's with 20 other people.
0: All I do is private tours. Okay. So it's whatever group hires me is all that I take out. And it's usually smaller groups of, you know, seven or less.
1: And do you provide the vehicle?
0: I do. I provide the vehicle, lunches, snacks, drinks, binoculars, the spotting scope. So that's again that just I'm,
1: show up and you're gonna take care of me
0: yeah and that's that's that Jackson like service that I learned that I'm trying to provide in West Yellowstone
1: yeah that's awesome um, I, I'm listening to you and you're telling me you're walking down these trails and you know it was probably really early morning is that when you saw them yeah yeah so is it ever dangerous the stuff that you're doing
0: you know I I have a saying with my boys is we get out and we walk around a lot. And if I say, if you're safe, you're smart. Or excuse me, if you're smart, you're safe. So I'm packing bear spray. I know the behavior of the animals. I'm making noise and I'm not trying to sneak up to them. And so there's things that you need to learn and do before you just go walk into the red woods looking for a wolf or a bear or anything. And so if you, if you kind of know what you're doing or ask somebody, take people with you. And so it's something you have to be cautious about. And I think a lot of times wolves kind of have a, a bad taste in people's mouth. You know, people love them, people hate them. And I think the, the misconception is wolves are out to eat you. That's uh, a little Red Riding Hood's fault. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Darn it, uh, yeah. those fairy tales.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, as the park biologist put it once is wolves will never attack something on their first encounter with it. Wolves aren't out there to, to eat people. I've had some really close encounters with wolves, and I've never felt um, concerned about it. Yeah. Actually, I'll give you another story real quick. Um, uh, two years ago, it was 12 o'clock at night. Me and a friend, we were out at Grand Prismatic Hot Spring uh, photographing the Milky Way. And it's about 1 a.m. You know, we were out there for an hour. We we're packing up. I hear splashing in the water. So I turn my flashlight, and there's a wolf 25 yards away from us. It looks at Yikes. us and kind of looks for a second and just continues on its way. It's like,
1: well, I don't care about you.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we're in the middle of the night, middle of nowhere, and I wasn't concerned about this wolf wanting to eat me. Yeah, yeah,
1: attack you or anything. Yeah. Um, Do they do that, though, to protect their young, like bear do? Like, have you, I don't know about wolf
0: behavior. No, they're not going to be the same. I mean, you know, somebody was actually, um, one of my first interviews, she related an experience where she was out hiking, and there was a wolf and it was barking at her. It was like, this is weird because you don't hear that. And she found out later that there was a puppies close by. Oh, so it, it wasn't attacking, but it was leading her away, acting aggressive, but not aggressive enough to go after yeah, her. Yeah, not so,
1: charging you like a grizzly. Not right?
0: charging like a grizzly. A grizzly <laughs> bear, it sees you as a threat and it wants to eliminate that threat. That's why a bear is going to charge you.
1: Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. um, Yeah. I would like to avoid all of those things that you just said. (laughs) Okay. So um, you actually live in Island Park. I do. That's Uh, why you also can take tours from here because this is your
0: home. It is. Yep.
1: How is it to live in Island Park year round?
0: I love it. Why? Uh, Well,
1: there's so much snow. There's a lot of snow. (laughs) I
0: love the snow. Uh My boys love the snow. Uh, My wife We we live 15 (laughs) minutes from Ashton, which gets her away from it some. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's I like the cold. I prefer the cold over the heat. Uh, I snowshoe, I cross-country ski, so winter activities, and it's it's quiet. You know, even in the hustle bustle of what it can be in the summertime, the area I live, there's no Airbnbs, there's no short-term rentals, so it stays quiet. There's Um,
1: very few of those left in Island Park, so enjoy that. Yep. And, but you're doing snow coaching? You do. You run snow coaching in the winter? I do,
0: and I work for a different company in the wintertime, and I do the snow coaches out of West Yellowstone.
1: Got it. When does the park open?
0: Uh, for the winter, or excuse me, for the summer season, it opens April 16th. And that's when things start coming to open. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And by Memorial Day weekend, everything's open. Mm-hmm. So. This time of year, I just have that itch to get back in.
1: When do do tours usually start for you?
0: I'll start tours in May 1st.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's probably kind of a fun time to go in.
0: It is. May and June. A lot of people aren't really here yet, but it's wildlife at the finest at that time.
1: Yeah. So are you really booked?
0: I'm booked a lot more than previous years (laughs) at this point. So with one of the things that we've seen with the, the virus is... A lot of people make last minute arrangements. So I have June is about full already. I have a lot in July and August. We see a lot coming last minute as people decide last minute to come.
1: Yeah, right. When you go to the park in May, is there still quite a bit of snow?
0: There is. Uh huh. Yeah. And so with, you know, hiking and things and places, you have to watch out. There's water, there's snow. Um, But it's the wildlife is. It's cool out, to the things are just, you know, either being born or coming out of hibernation or getting active.
1: You know. Yeah, those. It sounds so much fun, I, and it I is. think we're all just kind of itching to get out. So it's just, it's just awesome. Yep. Okay. So what, what you talked about a little bit earlier was that you, you actually left a pretty secure job, um, and I know that you went and worked for another guide. But even working there, like. Leaving a secure job and starting your own business can be really frightening, and there's a lot of unknown. Did you experience that when you decided to start as a guide, and what did you do to overcome
0: that? I did experience a lot. It was a lot of unknown, and, I mean, it was a lot of last-minute things, and, it's roll with the punches, I guess, you know, just... It's not an easy thing, but I think the payoff in the end as you get through it is the reward is high. And, you know, the number one reward for me that I continue to try to progress towards is spend more time with my boys as they grow up. And that's kind of my my goal right now. And so I think, you know, I mean, for example, when I first started, I purchased a van. I flew out to Arizona. I picked it up. Now on the way back, I was going to spend some time at the Grand Canyon because I've never been there. I was a half hour from the Grand Canyon, and it broke down. Oh no! And so they got it working enough that I drove it back, and the guy was nice enough that he flew me back. And so I and I mean that was you missed the Grand Canyon. I missed the Grand Canyon, and that was in April. I'm like, I got to have something in a month to start tours. Yeah. And so, you know, I think one of the big things is in in the moment seems like a huge deal. Like how I'm ever going to get over this. But then you look back on it and think, oh, that was really not a big deal. And you move forward and you continue to just get past those roadblocks that are set up for you along the way.
1: Um, such great advice because th- all you have control of is the moment that's right here in front of you now. And I think we freak ourselves out so bad about the what ifs. And if you can, just realize it's one day at a time. You just solve the problems as they come along and you don't have to freak out about what might happen.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a good learning experience up front, when that, that thing with the van, because now I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm like, I'm getting close to it. And I've tried to get a couple different vans and so I'm hiring somebody and I still don't have my second vehicle. Yeah. And so I'm at that point, but I'm like, you know, this has happened before. I'm gonna it's find gonna work something. Out. Yeah. Uh,
1: maybe you can just load them in a minivan or something. That's no, I'm what just what I, kidding. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> okay, good. So I can good. do smaller
0: groups and yeah. have windows and yeah.
1: Perfect. I love that. Have you ever doubted your decision to go out on your own?
0: I haven't. It's no, been a good thing. It's been a really good thing, yeah. Excellent.
1: All right, I understand you've talked a little bit about your family. You have a wife and four boys. I do. How have they supported you as you've been on this journey, and what challenges of your job um, affect them? I imagine the seasonal kind of thing, and, and you talked about being with them more, but yeah. how, how has how have they supported you through this?
0: So my wife up front, I mean, it was, it was tough because up front for the first three, four years, my wife was not working. And so she supported me in a couple of ways. One, it was, you know, she had a lot of the primary responsibilities at the home why I was gone a lot. Yeah, And and that was before I started my own business. Um, But she always encouraged me and what she's noticed is that I'm happier and she wants me to be happier. And so just the encouragement there and- She believed in you. She believed in me, yeah. And we do a lot of brainstorming back and forth. Um, but now she, she does work and she's a teacher and she loves that. And I do the guiding in it. Does she teach here in Island Park? She's an ash gym. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's we kind of keep it separate, but we kind of go back and forth and work off of each other. Because I said, well, maybe in the summertime I can train you. And you, she's like, I can't spend the day with adults. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't spend the day with kids. So you know, you we, each have your
1: own specialty. We
0: each have our own specialty, yes. and we support each other. and and what we do. And um, she's really good because every once in a while she'll sit down and say, you need to, you know, what do you have? What are your finances? And make sure that I'm keeping everything straight Mm because a lot of it's new for me.
1: Yeah. That business side, huh?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the kids support me. Um, We go out and they, they spend the hours with me, whether they're bored or not. And they enjoy it. And I think someday they're going to be great little guides mm-hmm. as they they learn a lot while they come out with me. So. I,
1: I bet whether they do it professionally or just like are the best person to go into Yellowstone with the friend yes. would be awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So I always like to. I, I, I'm I was curious with uh, business owners about what their definition of success is. How do you know if you're successful? What's your definition of success, especially around this business and what you're trying to do with it?
0: That's a great question. I'd see that in a couple ways. One, that success is, you know, why did I originally start this? And for me, that was family. Am I spending more time with my family? Um, At the same time, am I supporting them? So that's my, my first you know as far as that family Good. side and then the second is you know am i ever getting to an or am i ever to a point where i'm not appreciating it that i'm not you know in go- awe of
1: what you're seeing yes going mm-hmm.
0: in awe and you know sharing that same experience you know like the first time that i saw wolves you know if i get to the point where i'm not appreciating or excited when I show somebody a wolf for the first time, I got to think about what I'm doing. So those are kind of the two separate sides. One, when I'm out working the successes, am I still doing this because I love it? And then how is my family doing? And those are my two areas to, to judge that by.
1: Yeah, I think it's always good to have that true north about why we're doing what we're doing and um, realizing that it might not be what we do forever. Yeah. And, and that's okay, yep. yeah. All right, well, what advice would you have for anyone considering self-employment? Was there any advice you got that maybe was helpful or not helpful?
0: Um, I don't know if I, on the self-employment, if I got any advice that I could think of. You know, for me is, one, you know, think about why you're doing it, what the purpose is. And yeah, I mean, go, go for it. You know just to make something of it is if it's if, if you're thinking about it and you're on the edge it's obviously something that you want to do enough that just go for it
1: hmm so. I hear that a lot from entrepreneurs that they wish they would have done it sooner oh yeah is that how you feel
0: oh yeah uh-huh. I wish knowing what I do know now and you know because for me it was a lot of that you know it's seasonal can I support a family and you know if I can support a family off of a seasonal work um, you know, working, not knowing where your job was coming. I think anybody could, you know, start at something and be able to support a family themselves and do what they love.
1: Yeah, I, you got to think it out, but I, I think so too. I mean, you were told, didn't you say you were told that photography and guiding wasn't going to make you any money? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you could have believed that and not done this awesome job.
0: Yes. Yeah. I could have, and I, I'm glad I didn't follow that. I decided to. Do what I wanted to.
1: We're all glad you didn't follow that. So good job. So what do you think is there, or what, what is the future for Tied to Nature and for Adam?
0: So the future, um, that's, that's a great question. That's what I'm contemplating right now is I'm hiring people for the first time. And it's this bittersweet thing because I have to take care of the back end more. So I'm not going to be guiding as much in the field with people. I still have people that request me personally, and I've kind of built this reputation around me. So that's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. But at the same time as I I have guides that are going to be great guides, and I'm still going to be out to the field in the days that I can on the radio saying, I found something, Mm -hmm. come over here, or be there out and still part of it. And so as I evolve, I hope that it grows um, in multiple aspects. And it really, I guess my big goal is to provide people an experience one way or the other, through the podcast, YouTube, or being out in Yellowstone. And the other way that I hope to grow in the future is it's a little harder in Idaho, so you need an outfitter's license. But in Idaho, hopefully the next couple of years, I'll be able to offer tours in the Island Park area as well.
1: Oh yeah, and what would you do, like fishing and what?
0: So it would still be the nature and wildlife. So right now I have a plan built up for a waterfall tour. So both Mesa Falls, you have two Sheep Falls out to Cave Falls and do a tour out that way. Um, I'm also, I go out and listen to owls this time of year. And so eventually, you know, find locations where owls are consistent and bring people in to photograph owls. Owls are a a hot topic or a hot thing to photograph and people want to see. Yeah. So, you know, always expanding, but always has something to do with providing the experience for people.
1: Yeah, they're pretty amazing, those owls. They are. So how? um, I I like what you said about um, you've built this business around you. It's Adam, like you're the guy. And so how do you go into that next phase where it's not all about Adam, it's about the business that you've created. How do you go about hiring those guides then that are going to represent you?
0: And that was especially, I think, the biggest thing is trying to find guides that can be here and housing is so difficult. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had quite a few good applicants and um, the actually the person that I, I hired, people might know, out um, of Idaho Falls, he was a teacher, I think he said 37 years, his name's Casey Jones. Okay. And uh, he lived up in Island Park here for a while and he had all that experience. He, he taught in the outdoors, he taught with classes, he knows the geology. He knows the biology, and so he was a great fit. And that's what I was looking for: somebody that has the experience. And you know, for me, when I first started, the reason I got the job is because the the owner of the company said, "You know, birds. And it could be really hot out there, and there's no other animals, and you can find birds. Mm, right. And so find somebody that has that expertise in some kind of way. You know, he knows the geology. Keep it interesting. And he knows how to work with people. And that's the thing is, I think the biggest thing is working with people, the knowledge will come. but You have to be good with people.
1: Very good point, absolutely. Um, All right, Adam, we've talked for quite a while. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before I let you go?
0: Yeah, so my biggest thing is I mentioned tying people to nature, um, giving people an experience. And I don't care if you're on tour with me or with somebody else. if you're looking to get out, or not even on the tour at all, if you want to go in and you want to find a bear, get my phone number, get my email, text me, call me, whatever, and I'll let you know where I, where to go. I'll give you, try to give you the best opportunity to have that experience in Yellowstone, whether you're with me or not, and that's kind of my purpose.
1: Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Watch out. We're all going to be calling you. That's great. <laughs> that's what you want. Yeah, huh? That's what I want. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being on the show today. Just listening to you does inspire me to want to get out. And that might also be because of a little bit of cabin fever, but <laughs> your love of your of wildlife and nature is contagious and it makes me want to be out there and see it. So thank you for providing ways for everyone, no matter where or what might be a barrier to enjoy our beautiful area. And I hope this season is amazing for you and you can count on me to bug you to help me find those awesome animals and things.
0: I'll plan on it, thank you. Okay,
1: thanks Adam. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. Big thank you to all of our customers for voting us number one in East Idaho by Idaho's Best. If you're looking for automotive repair provided with honesty and integrity, come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the Business Leadership Moment.
0: It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Business Leadership Moment. I loved my interview with Adam so much. It made me think about all of the wildlife that he gets to experience and see. And I loved his story about wolves. I have never really understood or maybe respected wolves in the way that i could really appreciate the majestic animals that they are and so listening to to him talk about them really kind of inspired me and so what i did is i went and studied them and looked at ways that maybe wolves can teach humans and so can humans learn from wolves. And I think that there's some principles that are very clear in the wolf pack that could translate to how we could be leaders. So, I just wanna go over those real quick. Hopefully, this will be fun for you to kind of do this comparison to. Um, teamwork. Certainly, wolves work in a pack, and not all aspire to be leaders. There are some that are perfectly happy to be able to take care of the babies or to be able to go hunting or other things. There are absolutely leaders, and there are others that do the jobs that they are given completely well every single role is crucial so I thought teamwork was a really great lesson another one is patience Um, you know they could just go out and attack any animal that they wanted to but there's risk in doing that because a well-placed hoof to the head you know could take out one of the wolves and so they're very patient they analyze their prey Um, and one of the things that I learned about that is that they're they're committed to long-term victory rather than short-term success. And I think that that is definitely something we can take away for our own business. Uh, Another thing that they demonstrate is play. They are very social animals. Um, Play refines their skills of communication, teamwork, hunting, and it helps them to be more physically and mentally strong. And man, could we learn from that because I don't know how many of us as an organization, as a team, take the time to play together and really refine those social skills that come with that. Um, Another thing is communication. Obviously we've heard Heard wolves howl, and that's a way that they communicate. But they have all sorts of different ways to communicate, um, including their body language, the way they lick their lips. Um, you know, obviously, their eyes are amazing. And so they communicate in all sorts of different ways, and there's definitely things that we could learn from them in the way that we communicate. And then the last thing is loyalty. Wolf packs are absolutely loyal, their devotion. To family, to the organization, to their social group is huge um, because their and their whole purpose to exist or, you know, that, they, that is their innate sense is to ensure the survival of the pack. They're very attentive about taking care of the young because they know that that's their future. Um, And so those are just a few fun things that I found about wolves that I thought, you know, they do relate to leadership concepts and maybe we can learn something from wolves. I hope you really enjoyed Adam's episode and I look forward to having you back here next week for another great episode. So we'll see you then.